0: Steve is going to be a little different tonight, because just like with Nolan and Darksiders 3, I have a special guest that I am speaking with over the power of the internet. We have Seamus Young back. Um, he he discussed a game with us before, and I can't for the life of me remember what it was. I
1: don't remember either.
0: Oh, Control. I had you on for Control.
1: Right, Control.
0: Um... But yes, he's back. Uh, and if you aren't familiar, he does the 20-sided uh, blog. Is it 20-sided tail?
1: It's just 20-sided, but the tail is left over because that was my first name for the place. And
0: then I realized, oh, that's too long. There you go. Because um, yeah, I've just had it bookmarked for years, so I don't even think about that anymore. <laughs> but... Yeah, he's a blogger. I've been, as I said, I've been following him for years. Uh, so it's nice to have him on as a guest, and for any of his followers that are tuning in to listen to his conversation, um, I I'm either going to not have background music this time, which is rare for for me, or I'm going to try and keep it quieter. So I hope you don't mind if there is background music because I know for me it's actually easier. Like if you have a podcast with just two people talking, it's Easier to 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 kind of get lost in the gaps and the, the the empty ums and uhs and stuff like that. Whereas if you put background music in, it kind of like smooths that out a bit. It makes it a little bit more interesting to listen to. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of people that will listen at a like one point five times speed or two times speed, and that'll create a <laughs> bit of a uh. I, like I never thought about it before, but when you have background music going, then it's like oh that's probably a bit of a problem isn't it so i'm going to try and do my best to be considerate to some of your uh followers and listeners and stuff so they can enjoy the conversation as well okay well fingers
1: crossed i hope fingers crossed happy.
0: um but yeah th- there's two topics that i wanted to discuss tonight um the first one was actually because you you were the one that kind of helped inspire me like you like i was already thinking about it but helped kicked me off of twitter like i i, I got off twitter because i was like you know what he gave he, he dropped it and i'm seeing that it's getting worse than even his observations so i'm going to drop twitter and basically it's sort of like how how, how has it impacted our lives how, how how has that made us feel and then how has that even in some ways impacted our creative works mine being like very very small audience and you being enough to have a supportive patreon um, Patreon account, but like how, how has that impacted both of us? And then just how we see the games industry acting on Twitter and some of the arguments and drama that occur. So, um, that was one, that was the first original idea, but I also just got myself a new computer and some of the adventures with Windows and Games Pass I thought would be right up your alley and some to talk about because. I miss Windows 7, and I do not mind Windows 8. I hate Windows 10. It's I feel
1: you so feel
0: much, so much. And I, and I had Windows 10 before on my previous machine, but it's like I, I wish I could go back to Windows 7. I want to yeah. go back to Windows 7.
1: I hated 8, um, but yeah, I would take um, I would take 7 over either of them. 7 was a nice, comfy operating system.
0: Yes, and unfortunately, that well, they say they're no longer supporting it. As uh, people on your own uh, blog commented, evidently they still forced the Microsoft Edge onto Windows Seven machines, so they're still technically updating it in a way. But yeah, right. No, for me, what felt like classic Microsoft shenanigans is so. I'm a console gamer, and I didn't expect this to really be something I gamed on very often. But when I hooked up my Nintendo Switch Pro controller, went into Steam's Big Picture, and found the Nintendo Switch Pro controller options, and started playing Lost Planet 3, I was like, "Man, this feels good!" And I tried the Shadow of the Tomb Raider demo, and I'm like, "This feels good!" And it by computer could run things at really high settings and not trip up so it's very exciting and I'm very I was very hyped up and it's like you know what I have Game Pass Ultimate let me see what kind of games from Game Pass Ultimate I can try but unfortunately the 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 controller situation is not the same because I go into firstly I try to open up the Master Chief collection from the Xbox application that they force you to use And it automatically gives me some error having to do with some kind of cheat detect, like auto cheat detect. And then when I go to my start menu, I see that there's two options for Master Chief, which is play it, I guess, with the auto cheat detect or whatever, and then play it with that disabled. The launcher, the Xbox launcher automatically chooses with the the anti-cheat. The start menu I could do it without, but... I don't know if maybe that's part of the problem, but I, when I do it without the the anti-cheat, I'm using the Switch Pro Controller in the menus, you know, it, det- it detects everything fine. I'm, I'm able to use the left stick to go through between options, and then all of a sudden in the game, I'm in Control of Master Chief, and I can look around with the right stick, but he ain't moving with the left stick. And I'm wondering for a minute, it's like, oh, does it not register the left stick? Does it only register the D-pad? No, because when I go back into the menus, it's registering that left stick, so it's like... Why does it not work? I don't know, but it's like now I got a new. Um, and, and they don't even release wired Xbox One controllers, and they don't have a proper. Like, I think even the Xbox One controllers still use RFID, so you can't hook an Xbox One controller up through Bluetooth, just like the default Xbox One is still using AA batteries. So it's all of this, like, I, I'm getting exposed to new ways of Microsoft's cascade of failure where it's like one small issue becomes one other small issue so I have to get a third-party wired controller to hook that's xbox and everything so so that'll hook into my pc and I can play games outside of steam correctly which is unfortunate because I actually the the switch pro controller is my favorite of the controllers so that's Very unfortunate to have this extra controller lying around just in case I want to play Microsoft's games through Game Pass. Because otherwise, I'd just be looking to get it through Steam and I could use my Switch Pro Controller. But from what I can gather, if I want to download those games on Game Pass, there's no like, and, and you can link your Steam account. But that's just so I guess you can launch it in the Xbox app.
1: Right, it doesn't actually give you like, oh, you have that game on Steam, so we'll put it in your Xbox library too.
0: Yeah, well, no, it's it's, it's not even the reverse, because what I was hoping was by linking the two, oh, I can open this game through Steam. Nope. Can't do that when Aww. you link accounts. They won't let you, so... it Like, problem would have been solved if I could just open up the Master Chief Collection from inside Steam, but nah, Microsoft's got to get you on their ecosystem... Which is part again of like where I wanted to get some of your thoughts because I've seen a lot of people and Elena Pierce is probably like the biggest name that I've seen talking about like Xbox Game Pass being like this great deal for gamers and stuff and it's affordable and they give you all this stuff for free and I'm wondering if maybe I'm just too jaded. To trust it, even though I'm subscribed, so I, I'm, I've already, I'm already like the hypocrite where I'm running a Windows machine. I've got their apps. I'm, all, I'm subscribed to the Game Pass system. I'm in their ecosystem. I got an Xbox One, so I, I have all of the Microsoft brand stuff, but I'm so jaded. Like I don't feel like Game Pass is actually that great of a service or rather i'm i'm cautious about it i'm cautious because it's like yeah it's called xbox game pass now but then it's going to be windows game pass or microsoft game pass or
1: funny story about that oh boy so about a year ago, back when I was still writing for the Escapist, I wrote an article. I'll see if I can find it and send you the link. It was an article where I talked about trying to use their Game Pass service. This was right <laughs> after their big 2019 E3 presentation. Yeah, and I'm like, and I came to the same conclusion. Wow, that looks like quite a deal. And especially in this case, it was the first month was one dollar. I'm like, I've got to try that for a dollar. So, I clicked on the link to join Xbox Game Pass for PC, or whatever it's called. Windows Game Pass for PC. And then Microsoft was like, you already have an account? You log in. So, I logged in. And after the login, instead of taking me to Game Pass for PC, it simply dumped me at the front page for Game Pass on Xbox, (laughs) <laughs> and they're the same friggin page except for the words at the top. They've got the same green branding and everything. So you fee- you n- you're not reading the title, you just scroll down to the to the thing. And it was a completely invisible redirect and I didn't notice it. So I signed up for Xbox Game Pass instead of Windows Game Pass and I was so confused. I you know, paid the money and it's like congratulations and it was so confusing. It was like, why why can't I download any of these games? It says I don't have a proper device. And eventually I just canceled it. And it wasn't until later that I, I figured out the problem, the interface. Yeah. So, so then last week, not even last week, like this past Monday, I saw, oh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is coming out. Oh, and it's going to be free if you have Game Pass. Well, let me try that again. Same exact thing. I clicked on Game Pass for PC, and I landed on Game Pass for Xbox without... Now, this time I caught it, but, like, this is over a year old, and that's a massive
0: interface issue. Like, it knows I don't own a freaking Xbox. <laughs> Are they trying to maybe get more people... Like, Because I'm, I'm wondering about this. Because for me, if you want it for a console and PC, it's Game Pass Ultimate. Which also gets the Xbox Live. And that's the biggest reason to do it. For 15 bucks a month, you get the free games. Plus, you get Xbox Live Online Play. Even though my friends and I prefer playing on the PS4 Online. Which is, you know, a whole other can of worms. Um, that's where, like, I'm wondering... So do they have just PC pricing for it then? And is it just called Windows uh, Game Pass then? Or is it still Xbox Game Pass, but Xbox Game Pass for Windows slash PC?
1: That's it. That's it. That's what I believe. I mean, keep in mind, this web page has confused me multiple times, so I could (laughs) still have it wrong. But as I understand it, there's Xbox, There's, no, I'm saying it wrong again. There's Game Pass for PC and Game Pass for Xbox. Or, I guess, Xbox Game Pass. So, they flip the words around.
0: Okay. And, as I said, like, even jumping onto the Xbox One ecosystem, actually... So, that was another thing, too, because I didn't realize I needed a separate app because there was already an Xbox app installed on the machine. Mm. So, I originally opened that up, and it was a disaster of a user interface, which doesn't surprise me because I got an xbox one x i saw the original user interface before they just updated it well not the original that's the thing like this is like the third or fourth different operating system ui that they've done and it's still not that great it's a major improvement over what it just was and that's one of the reasons that for the series x i'm looking at it and i'm like it, it's using the same operating system so that's already like that that's a major downer for me like they they are using the same operating system as the Xbox One X so but that's also again like part of the 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 strategy though cuz it's not like they're doing the game pass they're doing cuz that, that's like what we're also kind of really set it off was Halo Infinite for a lot of people doesn't look that good and of course 343 industries is trying to say Oh, but you really got to see it on the Series X with the 4K, 60 FPS, and then when you have the HDR, the not HDR like HDR, no ray tracing. Um, And that's the thing they're saying, like, look at the stream that's 40K, uh, 4K, 60 FPS, and it's that that doesn't fix bad art design. But even for me, I mean, and here's the thing: as, as a fan of Halo since the original came out. And then, actually, yeah, my, my my fandom is the Bungie made ones, and then after that, it's kind of like my feelings towards the Star Wars prequels and anything after. It's yeah. like the originals were good. After that, you know what? I can I, I don't I don't need it. But that's where like for me, it's like I'm watching out of curiosity. But uh, regardless of the gameplay, they're trying to have this like you won't need an Xbox Series X for like at least two years, and they're hinging on this and the whole Game Pass, and I think. They're not concerned as much about Xbox. This is some weird in between for them because what they really want to get you onto is Game Pass. And then once you're subscribed to Game Pass, what other subscription service can they rope you into? So it's like, oh well, for thirty dollars you get Windows Pass. For sixty dollars you get I don't know Microsoft Pass for other stuff. I don't I don't know like right. But just this idea that they're trying Office.
1: To office would be a natural
0: yes <clears throat> which they already have that subscription service but how many people right. are opting for that when you've got um so many other options you've got google docs firstly and even if you don't trust <clears throat> google docs <throat> open office uh what is it called LibreOffice is it like definitely yep. the advanced one like you can yep. still get open office too so you, you there's so many other free options that's still right to dot doc now of course i have family that's That doesn't understand this. I'm trying to tell them you can export to Word. You can export and import. uh, But. So there is a consumer out there. That's willing to be tricked. Or able to be tricked. But that's the thing. Like they're trying to grab that consumer market. Into that ecosystem in the same way. That they've got enterprise. Enterprise. Uh, reliant upon their ecosystem like why they're able to like they're able to tell any like, any kind of business manager hey you know what's great SharePoint and then anyone that actually has to work with it is like oh no we paid money for this um, but that's the thing like they, they, they sell to enterprise real great but they're trying to get consumers on board the same way and game pass feels like their latest Trojan horse to me yeah. Yeah, it does. And it, it's interesting to
1: me because I think th- for me, the thing that keeps me on Windows is video games. If, if I was 100% a console gamer or if I just wasn't a gamer, I'd be on Linux. So this is their, th- for me, this is the one thing that makes Windows indispensable is their gaming offerings. But the worst thing about gaming on PC is Microsoft. Like every other company does it better, and I mean there there's just no comparison between Microsoft and Valve.
0: Well, see that's that's the funny thing because I was going to say it's like is it, it, like like the new the new Game Pass app I got because as I said the original I didn't even finish that thought computer already had an Xbox app installed it never checked for updates no Windows update updated it I go to get whatever game pass stuff is on pc and there's a new app and it does i don't even think it's uninstalled the old app it just created a new xbox app and so there's two different apps and it's like what is this what is game bar what do i need all these things and it's again like i'm sitting here looking how they they can't even get one app done right and meanwhile steam there's no like separate app for big picture mode you just right click big picture right. boom you're in you're in you're good uh, so it's it's all this like oh my goodness like how how is microsoft like you're right it's it's like one of those it's like the worst uh, consumer capitalist like result where you 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 want to leave for the competition but unfortunately, there's too much stuff reliant upon this one thing, that you kind of can't leave. You kind of can't go to the competition now. Again, Google Docs and stuff like that—that's become its own thing. But then, as you even posted about today with the brave, uh, brave, the brave web browser, like there's even like, do I really want to leave Chrome yet? Or and granted, I think right. Firefox makes for a good option. Um, but like even me as a web developer, it's, it's like Microsoft, uh, the original uh, Microsoft Internet Explorer. Like now, I don't have to care about Internet Explorer for the most part. Like a little bit, but like that, I mean, Edge itself is making sure that that market share is going to dwindle and go down. But at the same time, it's like as a web developer, it's like, well majority PC users are on Chrome, therefore I have to know what it's like to web develop for Chrome. And yeah. granted, there's not too much difference, but you never know. Like, you never know, especially because Chrome is always updating constantly. Um, and so you got that kind of an element you gotta deal with. So it's it's not like being, just being t- caught between these huge imperial companies that it's like, can we can we really get a good other option, and I'm sure there right. are people that are like, oh yeah, you, you could get, you could go do these things, but it's like, yeah, but it comes with all this stuff that I can't do now, or I have to right. learn all this new stuff, so hopefully make, I know there's a lot more games that are coming out for Linux and uh, Mac, and because Mac is built off of Unix, you'd think the two would kind of go together, or at least unless they changed, unless Apple changed and I haven't been paying attention, but Last I knew, Mac operating systems since the mid-2000s, maybe earlier, have been based off of Unix, so that should help make it easier in that regard, but who knows? Yeah,
1: I do think how it's interesting that Microsoft is so dependent on PC gaming to bring value to their broken operating system, and yet... They are sort of the worst company for PC gaming as a whole. Like, their platform is always causing problems. And, you know, Games for Windows Live actually killed video games. It murdered video games. <laughs> I can't play Fuel today yep. without downloading third, sketchy third-party DLLs to disable Games for Windows Live. Just so that I can save. Because yep. when Games for Windows Live died... It, it all these games lost their ability to save because they depended on it.
0: And that's where speaking of Google, Google, you have Stadia, and where it's like, oh yeah, you could pay sixty dollars for a game for a service for another like two companies that are notorious for just giving up on projects. Right. It's like, oh, this wasn't an immediate success, so let's just shove that into the closet somewhere, shove it into the attic to be forgotten. And so it's like you're gonna bury
1: it get- in the backyard with the stuff we did five years ago.
0: Yes. And it's like, you're right, Games for Windows Live was notoriously bad, and it does feel like people have short memories, because, or maybe, like, people just used to Steam, because now, like, and, and Microsoft is trying so hard to, like, because now you even have, I, I haven't read about it, but, like, Cuphead's on PS4 now, and it's like, you mean your 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 exclusive indie game? Like, you got Ori, Ori and the Blind Forest on, uh... On Nintendo switch now you have cuphead on everything and I can go to steam to get your games but they're really I guess relying when it comes to PC um, or even when it comes to other cross-platform stuff it's like actually maybe oh I'm sorry I'm I'm, I, I'm just kind of coming to a realization because one of the there's been word said that evidently somehow game pass has increased game sales um Weird. and that's that that's caused some speculation and it's made me wonder too and it's like well is this like when is this like is this like how Dark Souls became a big thing where I attribute like for me when it comes to the 2010 and 2020 the biggest thing in the gaming industry was twitch because not only be, you know you get the bigger spread of eSports more people will start gaming as a profession you have, games that would have remained niche and not sold at all in the 2000 to 2010 realm now all of a sudden like dark souls becomes a big thing why does it become a big thing streaming i think is the biggest reason you get to see someone else you get to laugh and it's like oh my goodness this hard game but then you see someone get good at it and you start to get curious you decide to try it for yourself and like this i think this is true for a lot of games getting over
1: it Getting over it was just a huge... The the one where you're a guy in a pot trying to climb the mountain. Yeah. That thing was a sensation. And I'm sure, like, everybody knows that game. But not that many people bought. But how many sales were driven by just people... Like, it wasn't even that they were watching to watch you play the game. They were watching to watch you you freak out when you failed at the game. Like, that dynamic drove so many people to it and then it drove sales. And yeah, yeah, so and that was only that was made possible by Twitch. So yeah. That's a big deal.
0: There's a lot of games that have been like that this generation. Uh Stardew Valley's probably one of those. And that's one of the funny things. It's like some of the games you'd least expect. Like Fortnite we know, you know, there there's a lot of games that have become big and the whole free to play thing is actually probably benefited from twitch as well but it's like the word of mouth it's different from regular you know kids at the school lunch table word of mouth or guys around the water cooler uh, guys and gals around the water cooler at the office talking about games you have this dimension of someone you follow someone whose personality you like it's like if I don't know why Jimmy Fallon's the first person to come to mind, but Jimmy Fallon were playing games on TV and it got people's attention. You know, it's you have that personality driven element that now also acts as word of mouth. And I think that really had an impact on this past generation and even allowed, um, I mean, from a personal perspective, I think that allowed a lot of Japanese developers to actually like recover from what was an, Awful generation of them trying to play catch up with the West, but that's kind of its own big thing. But I'm wondering if, like, you like so Game Pass to get back on to get back on my topic. Um, you have Game Pass and you have things like Cuphead is on Game Pass, you have people streaming Cuphead now. Granted, Cuphead came out before Game Pass, I think, but you have people streaming this game that's hard and everything, but oh, it's exclusive on Xbox. But then people buy it on Switch that don't have an Xbox or people buy it on Steam that don't want to be part of Microsoft's ecosystem or now people buy it on PS4. I'm wondering if maybe that's part of their strategy, where even if it's a third party, like like streamers, um, YouTubers, any kind of, I guess you could call it influencer is able to play these games for cheap, just bounce around. Because for, for regular consumers, yeah. for regular consumers, Game Pass is kind of... It helps make a lot of these games more... Ex, uh, not expendable. Disposable. Like, for me, there's a lot of games that I can play, can try out, but then forget all about. Um, uh, I just recently tried Streets of Rage 4, and it wasn't bad, but I completely forgot about it within days, because I just played it a little bit while Destiny 2 had to update. So... <laughs> It's like this great fine game but for me it's like I played it for free and I'm I might never touch it again. And meanwhile, you know, you have streamers though that might make like they do a whole, I don't know, about a week of that, but might do something with that, or they might work with other streamers to play it co-op and stuff. And now all of a sudden you got more people like, oh man, this game looks fun. But instead of playing it on Game Pass, they're on PS4, they're on Steam, or they're on Switch. And so they buy it on that platform. So maybe there's ways in which Game Pass can have that sort of beneficial impact But I remember in its early days, I remember seeing an indie developer saying it'll be good for certain levels of developers. So like if you're if you're a big name or something or if you're a well-known enough indie, but then there are going to be some indie games that are just going to completely be ignored. But that's kind of true of indie games in general, right? Like even on Steam, be on Nintendo Switch, like some indies are able to succeed really well. But then, because there's so much out there, you could have a really good game just go unnoticed because they're unable to get the same attention, they're unable to get the same marketing, maybe they're too niche, like, there, there's a million and one reasons, right? Right, right. It, it
1: is, like, now that you mention it, it does seem like Game Pass is okay for consumers, but it is just indispensable if if you're a content producer like you said yeah you can bounce around oh i spent two hours streaming this game last night and nobody was interested i'll move on to one of the other 100 games that i'm getting for for 15 bucks a
0: month now what's odd though is for microsoft themselves because i i'd have to calculate like how much money per month and that's like an average estimate because you might have people that buy like Game Pass Ultimate for the year. So like there's no real accurate numbers you could get, but like how much money Microsoft makes off of Game Pass? But then how much does it cost to license games? Like they have a li- they must have a license with Sega because Yakuza Kiwami just came out on Xbox, but day 1 it's on Game Pass. Uh Kiwami 2, I mean. Like that's how I'm going to play it. I am going to play it on Game Pass, but if I didn't have Game Pass, it's a game I'd be buying. So it's like, how much money do they pay Sega for that? So right. that people can download it on Game Pass and play it that way. And how, like, is this really more money than if they just put Halo Infinite out there to be bought? If they just put the new Fable to be bought? If they're going to put Avowed out there to be bought? Or does it somehow balance out? Like, I'm, I'm actually really curious about the numbers because... Like, everyone looks at how much money this thing could make, but then it's like, but how much does it cost for the licensing and stuff? And also, another reason that I'm kind of skeptical is actually because I saw when Microsoft was like, top dog with Xbox 360, and they just stopped with backwards compatibility. They had major first party games, like um, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath was an exclusive, right? On the original Xbox they didn't bother making that backwards compatible with 360 mech assault 2 i know i don't remember if mech assault 1 wasn't backwards compatible but at the very least mech assault 2 wasn't backwards compatible and then me i have this like niche anime is crap square enix game called project sylfeed uh space fighter sim thing uh probably would have been great with a PC audience where they could use the the, the stick and everything, but it was just on Xbox 360, uh, because Japanese developer at the time. Nobody released on PC back then, but like that game is basically forgotten. It didn't sell very well, and Microsoft has no interest in backwards compatibility for that. So as soon as Microsoft Xbox 360 was top of the game, like like top market share they abandoned backwards compatibility and now they're like oh yeah we're going to make sure we have backwards compatibility and everything and it's like yeah because right now sony's on top and what happened when sony was on the bottom well they introduced playstation plus when playstation uh, plus first came out it was great you got all these great free games and everything but now that sony's on top and now that People are paying for PlayStation Plus for the online play. So you got a lot of people that aren't even downloading the free games. Like, what do we get this month? You get, um, what is it, Fall Guys, which is an indie sort of party-looking game um, for free. And you get Modern Warfare 2 Remastered for free. Yeah, Wow. Like, wow, that th- is,
1: that is, yeah, if you compare that head-to-head with, like, Game Pass, that looks like a joke
0: yeah and but that's the thing like right now sony is not in a position where they feel which is risky on their part because they didn't feel threatened going from ps2 to ps3 and look how that turned out but at the same time we're in this weird space where i feel like sony is maintaining themselves as being uh competitive enough and as um, people have pointed out, like the Xbox Series X, by aiming towards being playable on the Xbox One and the Xbox, like not even just the Xbox One X, which I must say is being the currently most powerful console, I'm a little disappointed. But the Xbox One X, like you're, you don't have ray tracing on that. You don't have the same hardware and capability, so. Your, your, your game's got to be able to run, and it's kind of like on a PC, you know, on a older system, but then, like, one of the first things Sony demonstrated was Ratchet and Clank and the possibility of the solid-state drive. Now, the actual gameplay they showed didn't actually match the trailer's possibilities. Like, the trailer was very cleverly done, makes it look like gameplay, makes it look like about what you'd expect of a loading screen going from one world to the next... But when you see the actual gameplay, it's nothing nearly that impressive. So uh, I'm, I'm a little I, skeptical. But
1: yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see the gameplay. I saw that demo that looked like gameplay, and I was like, "Whoa, those are fast level transitions. How is that
0: possible?" And it turns out it's not. So that's well, good. Well, we order. don't know yet. We don't know yet because they're probably showing an early level, and you got this and that. Right. So I'm, I'm still gonna be open minded. And give them a fair shake, but it's like it, just like I'm gonna try Halo Infinite when it comes like when it comes out for free on Game Pass. I'm still gonna try it, even if the, the combat and gameplay looks like more of Halo 5, which is not what I want. Um But that that's where like I think Sony's being competitive, and it's funny because a lot of people griped about their GDC talk, or what would have been their GDC talk. Except for COVID happened, so they just put it on the internet. And it was Mark Cerny talking... Did you get to watch that? Like, an our um, presentation, Mark Cerny talking you know, about the PS5 hardware.
1: I watched a programmer uh, break it down and walk through it. So I didn't okay. watch it raw. I watched it, like, through someone else.
0: Because, I mean, it was definitely very in-depth. It was definitely a targeted for developers, not for... Like that, that yeah. was, and I think that was the big like because everyone was making it like the PS5 reveal, man. And it's like, guys, this was for GDC. This was not meant for consumers, so don't get your hopes up. And for right. me, what what I liked about it, because like everyone talks about what the specs are in the Xbox Series X, but when Mark Cerny sit in there talking about the hardware, it sounds like Sony actually engineered this machine. They built a gaming console. They built something with the express purpose of making it for video games and Xbox series X just feels like someone grabbing a bunch of powerful high tech, like hardware, mashing it all together in a box and being like, it's tall so it can cool it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It looks like that too.
1: It, It looks like they built it and then they were like, okay, now we need to put a box around it. Wait. <laughs> and just like that's the that's the shape the parts wound up in, so that's the shape of the final box. It looks like this sort of brute force solution as opposed to like the the full engineering of like a machine designed to be beautiful inside and out. But this 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 kind of comes back to the Microsoft thing we were talking about earlier where You were talking about how good their, you know, Game Pass is great. They've got this great plan. Everybody's excited about Microsoft. They're doing these deals, getting customers. Their corporate strategy is is fantastic, but then when you actually get there, and you're ready to spend money, the software itself is garbage. Like You know it's going to be like, you're going to install the... I know Game Pass for PC, or whatever it's called. Xbox for PC, which is an oxymoronic name, (laughs) is still in beta. They're selling games, full price games, that depend on beta software. And you just know it's going to be like, wanting updates on day one and not work with your drivers and oh wait it won't it only wants to be on my second monitor for some incomprehensible reason (laughs) and it's just gonna be this nightmare but their strategy is good and then the software is terrible
0: that actually reminds me i forgot about one of the biggest things that was actually my a big concern with this new computer because i i i you know a lot of money of course um and I really like the look of it. It's it's the, it's like the Lenovo Legion, so it's like a sort of big, giant box with a handle. Um, I was expecting it to be smaller, so it would be more portable. The handle does help a little bit with that, but it's... It, like, I like the look of it. It's a very nice computer, but like at first, I thought, oh no, is there something wrong with the solid-state drive? Because every so often, everything would just kind of freeze for a few seconds, and the audio would stutter like an old NES game that was dirty. And... I was like, okay, what's causing this? What, what, what's happening? Like, Is it graphics drivers? Do I have to update? Do I have to update this or that? And then finally I find out, firstly, I keep forgetting Windows Desktop has the power options. I'm used to that being a laptop thing, so it's like, right. oh, I got to fix that to high performance. And then I find out what it is, is there's some kind of power saver thing with a PCI slot, which is what the solid state drive is hooked into, that you need to turn that off. Otherwise, you're going to get that issue with a solid-state drive. So ever since then, it's been fine. That's also what kind of impressed me is this thing was on, like, Lenovo's default power-saving settings. And I was able to play Lost Planet 3 with these max settings. Now, granted, that's a 360 PS3 game. But I have, it like, the max settings, 60 frames, you know... Good performance, and I'm like, oh wow, that worked fine. So let's try Shadow of the Tomb Raider demo, and oh man, I was expecting that to screw up on the the, the flood and uh like the big tsunami in the beginning. And it's like, nope, everything's perfect, everything's fine, nice. except I'm playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider instead of one of the prior games. <laughs> <Right.
1: laughs> it all works so well, except you're playing the worst of the series
0: oh I'm so glad you agree to because I've heard some people like oh man Shadow of the Tomb Raider was great it's the best of all three and I'm like are you sure? I don't sure. see it I don't see it I mean
1: technologically and in terms of like m- mechanically it's probably the most sophisticated it's got the the set pieces are more elaborate and stuff like that and the graphics are of course better than the previous two just because it's newer but yeah just to play it yeah, I, I'm not feeling to play no, it. Or it's not even just ju- that. It's not it's even just the that story like, too. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, I'm not feeling it.
0: I don't like Lara in that game, and I understand what they're what they were trying to do, but then the story itself, like, like, like their big point is like, you know, criticism of rich white girl goes to foreign territories and tries to save the day by stealing their their relics, and it's like, okay, you're trying to do some kind of commentary here the end of your game is rich white girl saves the day though (laughs) right and there's there's like a, a side quest that like i'm sitting here thinking of the prime directive from star trek and i'm like this completely breaks it this is so breaking the prime directive this is so white colonialist what are you doing what is wrong with this game what are these writers and i just i missed rihanna pratchett like, she and the original directors of the first... Like, the first two games, same creative team... Had a, had a clear vision of where they were going... And then Square Enix, for whatever reason, was like... Now, you guys do an Avengers game... And we're gonna give this trilogy... We're gonna give the ending to somebody else... And not even keep Rihanna Pratchett on board. So... Oh, goodness.
1: Goodness. Yeah. It... I mean, they sort of acknowledged the flaw showed that it was a flaw, and then swept it under the rug, that's way worse than ignoring it. That's...
0: Oh my goodness.
1: It's, and they had the perfect tool. They had the perfect... The previous game established the bad guys that want to gather up all the artifacts. And so, Laura can't leave them alone. She has to go in and stop the bad guys from getting artifacts. That's your excuse for why this w- rich white lady is messing around in this foreign country where she has no damn business. <laughs> yeah. You know, messing with their stuff. Okay, she's got to save the world. She has to protect the world. And there, there's your excuse. But then they had her just cause all these problems, just undoing that excuse, saying, no, actually, you should have left it alone.
0: And it's not even just that. like, Because Rise of the Tomb Raider kind of has her move on from like my 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 dad's dead like they 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 kind of have her move on from that. and boy i don't know if you saw the movie but the movie screwed that up too <laughs> so i don't know what square enix is doing with their reboot that started so promising and now they've decided to ruin it and uh, you, but you could also fix it by just having her not take artifact you just need to go in and read
1: the runes or make sense of the symbols and solve the puzzle to find some location of a thing to get knowledge yeah take photos
0: and stuff take
1: photos yeah you even put a photo mode in there like everybody's doing these oh they did they did they do have a photo mode in the game but no
0: like you're right like have actually there you go use the photo mode as part of like Instead of just finding artifact, you're right, documenting stuff. Like, oh, take a photo of the wildlife, take a photo of this, document. Like, you could have done that. But then again, that would have been intelligent game design that fits right. the character. <laughs> Instead of, we're going to have a 30-30-30 split of combat exploration and puzzle solving. Only now when you raid a tomb, there's a 20% chance there, like. Well, okay, I don't want to talk, talk about chance. It's like like three of our tombs now have these annoying Zerg rush enemies that you got a shotgun in the face. And by the way, we're shotgun in the trilogy. So, oh, God, so much of. Oh. I promised, I, I promised not, not that my promises mean anything, but I promised a YouTube video on that game back in like 2017 or something. And it's like, I still haven't gotten it. Is it? Is it that old? Uh, 2018 might be the year. I might be screwing up my years. Okay. It was 2018, yeah. I promised a video of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to go right. back. It's I'd rather even, just replay the others.
1: It's not even interesting enough to dump on
0: I mean, so Oh, I'd, I'd be able to dump on a lot, but that's, uh, that's the thing. Like, is it any fun to dump on a game either? And these days I'd rather find some, find a game that it's like, here's why I love it. Even if it's bad, like I'd rather that these days. Um, but way off topic at this point. Um, and I think that sort of wraps up some of our, you know, just griping about Microsoft because I mean, when isn't it a good time to gripe about Microsoft? Right. You know? Um, But, let's, uh, this might be a bit of a long episode, maybe it'll be, not as long as I think, but Twitter. So, I still read it once in a while, your post that was, this game is bad for you. And you went over how Twitter kind of incentivizes its users to join, I don't even, I don't know how... Maybe you should yeah. summarize it because you wrote it. <laughs> it is
1: it is sort of a it, unintentionally it was not designed this way, but just the sheer mechanics of how you get likes and retweets and what you what gets the most response out of people is incendiary con con content. If I say something incendiary, I will get more attention than if I'm witty. And that sort of exploits humans' normal tendency for tribalism, and it sort of magnifies that flaw with human beings, and then it and it forms a feedback loop. And you can't—I shouldn't say you can't get away from it. If you're, as soon as that that mechanic intersects with any level of politics. Or cultural criticism. Anything that gets people riled up. It instantly turns into a hate machine. Where you've got. Usually two sides. You know, it's never like three or four or five sides. It's always two sides. Hating on each other. And hating this horrible. Exaggerated monstrous version. Of the other. That's yeah. Twitter.
0: And I think. And I don't want to say Twitter caused it either. Because it's like a lot of people will look at how things feel incredibly divisive right now that it's like you're either one extreme side or the other and i think that's always kind of been there like i'm reminded of the simpsons halloween episode where the aliens take over the 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 bodies of bill clinton and um oh who was going against him that year i was a kid so i don't bob dole bob dole okay so it's Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. And when it's revealed that they're aliens, it's like, you have to vote for one of us. Who else are you going to vote for? And then it was like, oh, he's right. And you have Ross Perot in a crowd like, ah, nuts. You know. Oh,
1: if if we're talking the 92 election, then that would have been the original George Bush versus. And yeah, that was a three way race. Sort
0: of. I could have sworn it was Bill Clinton. Uh, I might be, be.
1: Yeah. No, it was. It was Republican was George Bush just trying to get his second term. Going up against Clinton, um, then he was just the governor of Arkansas, and then Ross Perot was like the spoiler in that one, who okay, who, who brought. And then I think Ross Perot showed up again in '96, but I don't remember the night except I know it was Dole versus Clinton, and uh, and Ross Perot was there, but not as prominent as he was in '92. That's okay. what I remember.
0: Because like, but that was the joke back then is like people, like even back then, nobody considered a third option. It was always one or the other. And right. So I feel like this is some kind of weird thing that we've always, like this weird tribalism where it's like, it's, maybe it's just easier if it's like, here's my tribe and then there's everyone else. Maybe that is just easier that way. Therefore, it becomes yeah. a split of two. Um, but you're right. Like that, that's the issue with Twitter is it, 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 it sort of incentivizes that tribalism more and it becomes, and that's the thing, like people would say, oh, you should be, if you're a content creator, you should be on Twitter to get the word out there. Oh, you should interact with people. You should comment. You should retweet. Um, you, you should do all this stuff. And it, it did a lot of things, and especially as a smaller creator for me. Like, it did a lot of weird things to my mental health where it's not just, like, y- you had the arguments that everyone was having. And here, he it's like, here I am. And especially after that, th- after the past decade especially, it's like, I- I've reached a point where I... More often than not, I'm trying to see everybody's perspective and find, like, where is the truth in all of this? Like, I'm trying. I don't want to pick sides. I don't believe in sides. I believe somewhere amongst all of our collective perspectives, you can find the truth kind of a thing. But Twitter doesn't allow for that because right. it's short and it's like you you can't have a, a deep discussion there's so there's
1: no nuance in 140 characters
0: yeah so you you have this increasing sense of being an outsider that way or at least i did i had this increasing sense of being an outsider because of these the the arguments i kept seeing people get into but then i also saw you know like i've 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 never been a regular updater of my YouTube, so I've never been able to grow like other channels did. But I'd see, like, these channels just sprout up and all of a sudden become part of the click real quick. And it's, like, yet another way that I'm an outsider. So Twitter, by creating this area where you're so you're, you can talk with anyone, made me feel like I was talking with no one. And if I'm talking with no one, and if it's not really helping, you know, my channel grow, if it's not really helping me feel like an accomplished person... I was starting to wonder what role it had. And then after you had already left, it reached a point where my feed, I was starting to see people I wasn't even following. And it wasn't even retweets. It was just random posts by people that were followed by people I followed. Right. So it's showing me all this content that I I don't even want to see. And it's like, how many people do I have to block that I don't want to block? How many words do I have to censor that I don't want to censor? it's it, it became crazy to me and so last year around september i finally left and honestly like like i'm thinking back to it now and it's like i'm still like i'm still carrying around my emotional baggage like a gigantic 200 pound duffel bag but it's it, it it still feels lighter it still feels right. better because it's like I'm more capable of just going out and be it with friends or just meeting strangers. Like, I mean, I was at my doctor's office the other day for like my CPAP and everything. And I'm asking her questions about what she thinks about the current COVID situation and this, that, and the other thing. Because it's like, you know what? She's a doctor. She might not be like a, a specialist in, you know, the germs and stuff, but... Hey, what's her opinion cuz she went to med school, she she knows more than I do. So it's just curious, I'm curious to know people's opinion. And I don't have the constant fighting. Like there's no there's nobody else there to suddenly undercut and be like, "Well, actually, have you read this article that debunks right. that?" Like yeah. I don't have any of that. It's just a conversation with me and someone else and when you're able to engage with people on that level, the world feels a heck of a lot more sane than social media would have you believe. Yeah. I know... know, um,
1: One of the reasons I left is that so many of my interactions were extremely negative and filled me with stress that, that stuck with me after I walked away. Now, how the trouble for me started is that I follow a lot of colleagues, a lot of game journalists. And... They've all got a particular, they all have one particular political bent. And Twitter was like, oh, I see what you're into, buddy. You're in, and, and they would, they would express a lot of ideas very strongly. And sometimes I would, agree, I would like, I agree with you, but I hate the hateful way you just expressed it. Like, you're just so like painting everybody who's not in your group as a monster and it's just this ugly in it that would never persuade anyone and i have people i would love to persuade to this position and people like you are making it hard or they they go the other way and they say something i disagree with and i'm like holy cow you you're representing me as this absolute monster because we disagree and so even when people agree with me or disagree with me, it was negative all the time. It was always negative. And yep. it it was just such or and the other thing is I've got people I love on both sides of the spectrum. And so every time somebody took a swing politically, even if I agreed, they were, you know, throwing hate at somebody I care about. And it just yep. so ugly.
0: Yep. I've I've got friends and family and it's funny because I mean, not to, don't want to get too deep, but like with some of the events that have gone on the past year, it's like interesting going, and I don't even log on to Facebook that much anymore. I really don't even post it, right. but that's like, at least that's people I know personally. So it's a little different than again, Twitter showing me complete strangers opinions, uh, right. in my face every day. Um, So like, you know, I I see like the extreme one side exclusively on this, this, this group of family and friends, and then the opposing side exclusively on the other group of family and friends. And meanwhile, you know, especially like where I'm looking for news and information, I'm like, interesting, that both of these are correct and incorrect at the same time. Like, right. it's this fascinating position. And it's, it's, but at least that's face Like Facebook, nobody cares about anyway. Like Facebook is viewed as an old people thing now. Right. Which is so weird to think about. I was in college when that first premiered. I was one of the, 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 within the first year or two, my school was one of those. I was like, oh yeah, you need an, e- you need a RIT email. And it's like, oh I'm going to get on this thing and see what it is. And it's weird. And, and I, I still remember too, it's like, oh, relationship status, single in a relationship, it's complicated. And I'm like, who would choose that? Right. Who, who would choose that? And like, let everyone know. Um, but the, 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 the whole thing though, is just like, I, like so for you, would you say like leaving Twitter has ultimately
1: benefited you it's been good for my mental health i spend less time you know you get exposed to an angering situation and then i'm i don't know that other people are like this but i'm assuming other people are like this you get exposed to an angering situation and then as you walk around through your day that conversation replays in your mind and you keep trying to work on it Yep. And and figure out where they were wrong or what part of it made you angry or could I have said something better? Could I have handled that differently? And that's the and you know, I need to be writing words on my website, not arguing with some internet rando in my head for two hours. Yep. So it was just this huge time sink for and you know, and it made me very unhappy and uncomfortable. And I noticed after a while it was making me It was making me hate people more, too. I just, you know, I have the whole thing. These people are all jerks. Look at them just throwing mud at each other. And I had... And it was making me sort of, like, feel detached. Like, oh, everybody's a monster. And I just don't Mm -hmm. want anything to do with this planet. And I was like, there are wonderful people out there. This is poisoning my view of humanity as a whole. By showing me only the worst parts of human beings of human interaction. And so, yeah, it's been good for me. It's been positive, although I do know people want to follow me on Twitter just so that I can give updates like, hey, extra post this week, or hey, I'm going to have a guest this week. Like, that status update stuff, people want. They want to follow me for that. But I'm afraid if I create a Twitter account, Twitter's just going to be there all the time. Oh, also, yeah. people want to contact you on Twitter. People don't want to email. Interesting. And so, and so I know I need to keep up with that. That was a vector for people to contact me with random questions. Hey, can I quote your article? And I reply, of course. <laughs> Why would you even <laughs> ask? But yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it was good to get away from it. Although I do miss the status update aspect of it. That was
0: useful. And that that was one of the things that I was going to ask you, too, because, like, I... Especially, like, I'm going to be honest. Me, I try to avoid looking at analytics as much as I can because it turns out most analytics are very depressing. It's, oh, even if the number looks big, most of that is just people... Like, if it's your blog, it's, like, people click in, click out. Like, if it's YouTube, people watch for five seconds and then walk away. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to avoid analytics. But what... I don't know if it was... If it's related or not, the one thing that I noticed is my YouTube channel was starting to crack around 200 views regularly. W- regularly, with my um, Final Fantasy videos, and then once I quit Twitter, I put out my Godzilla video, and I was like, okay, that didn't hit 200 because it's more—it's not my usual stuff. But Ocarina of Time hasn't even hit 200 views, and that's don't have
1: 200 views on a video about ocarina of time
0: yeah and that's weird i and this is the thing i've i've got a very small audience
1: did you did you put ocarina of time is the worst game ever and then (laughs) a picture of your face you know making some wild expression because i think
0: that's what you're supposed to do well, this is actually also admittedly part of the problem. I'm trying to up my title game a little bit, but I can't do clickbait. I can't. I
1: know, same thing. You know, can't if you do, do the it. click, you know, I could double my views if I do clickbait. But I also know I'll hate myself. All especially, the time, especially
0: because like th- when I see those like if, if 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 I hadn't been linked to some of the YouTube channels I watch by other people, I would not watch those channels because of the, the the title cards. Like I would not. It's like I do, I don't want clip clip. It's like if, if that's if that's your title, it's like I don't want to watch that. That's clickbait. You're gonna be wasting most of my time, and it's like right. some of this is actually good. For content so for, for me it's like i'd rather it be like the the title of the video is descriptive but that's the thing like who's just going to click on you know ocarina of time deep dive analysis like most people aren't just going to click on that but i don't know how to summarize oh, it that's part that's, of my problem too that's I don't my know how to thing
1: summarize it. that's that's my clickbait <laughs> is deep dive analysis okay i'll just get ready for some joseph anderson level ramblings and and digressions And just there's an hour long show I can watch. I like it, but yeah, it's not, that is not what gets clicked on. People want something provocative in the title.
0: And that's the thing, like, I'm also accepting of, like, my content's going to be, like, not, it's going to be niche. It's going to be, like, I appeal to a small group, but it is weird that it's like, man, I've been doing this since 2013, and it's like, I can't even get... 200 views on an Ocarina of Time video and, and maybe part of that's because I left Twitter so it does make me wonder it's like is there a way I could sign on to Twitter as just ramble pack and like not even follow people not even do any of this just have it yeah. out there posting the content updates but I don't I think so I, I've, been th- I've been I've been
1: wondering the same exact thing for the last since I restarted my YouTube channel and started making videos I was like, I should just do that and not follow anyone. Oh, but, but then I I know It's I'd gonna wanna, know somehow. It's gonna know. Right, it's gonna know or it's just gonna try. It's gonna be it's gonna look at who follows me. And maybe yep. it'll figure out what those people are into and start suggesting that to me. Because it's always looking for the for the most engagement, and the most engagement is always gonna be two people screaming at each other. Yeah. Um, and and so you're going to get – and, like, I really miss following John Carmack and, you know, trying to make sense of the, you know, high-end technical stuff he's always talking about. Or there were there were some great, like, programmers I enjoyed following, some great people. Oh, yeah.
0: There were definitely some great accounts. And one of my favorites, too. Like, I still think about um, the Is Half-Life 3 Out Yet Twitter account. Like, <laughs> that one was great. Because every day it was just, spoke. no. <laughs> That was a great account, but it's like, those are the highlight, but it's still, like, because even when you're trying to follow just that stuff, Twitter's going to try and put the trash in front of you, because I don't know, I don't even know how, like, does it generate money, I guess, because it gets people coming back and you're going to see more ads or something, but... It's just one of these things that it's like, you know what, it's not worth the time. And especially, and here's my advantage, because I'm small enough and I'm not relying on any of my creations to make, you know, make my living. um, Instead, I have to try and find a real job, like a real jerk. Um, But the, 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 oh man, that's a really bad way of phrasing it, considering you're on Patreon and everything. (laughs) <laughs> no offense taking it all but the the like i i gotta i gotta get like an office job and everything but it's like i don't mind that i don't mind doing this as my part-time because i'm as you said like i got 500 pounds of emotional baggage that i'm dealing with and this is my outlet but i've got other crap going on that um regardless of any of that though um the whole thing for me is dude like Okay, so I'm I'm at like 150 to 175 views instead of like 200 some. My regular people are still there, and if my regular people are still there and they're still trying to share it, you know, that's all I can ask for. And yeah. being on Twitter, being on Twitter is just going to increase the number of watched it for five seconds people. Yeah. So like, leave it to other people to share my stuff on Twitter, share it on Reddit because I don't even like Reddit either. But I don't like Reddit because. it's... Firstly, because I hate the interface of it, so I don't even read it. Um, but I do, I do miss forums. I miss forums. I dislike Discord.
1: Me too. That was is- yeah. The forums were great. They were like, they, the focus of the community. Oh, this forum is just for this one game, so I'm not going to get in there and find you know a 500 page thread on abortion. <laughs> you know, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, cause it, that's what you get when it's just, here's a, ja- a random community forum for a community. Like, The Escapist was just the worst for this. They just had a free fire zone in their forum, and or, and I mean, that's that's what it was all the time. And But if you've got one focused on one single game or one franchise of games, then then you all have something in common and that focuses the conversation. But the modern web way is let's make a giant global community with no central identity.
0: Yeah, or you end up having the, the Discord communities. And I've gone through a few Discord communities, especially because you go on Patreon, you support someone, and next thing you know, you're on their Discord server. It's like, oh, you right. know you had one. And next thing you know, you're in the middle of this discussion, and it's like, oh, these are great people talking about video games. I want to talk about video games. And then they're, they're, they're talking about, like, as you said, it's like all of a sudden abortion comes up, and it's like, and I'm on my way out. Like, right, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to, like, this isn't why I came here. Right. But it's, it's like uh, so many discords just erupt into that. Um, you get to a party, you're going
1: to have a drink, do a dance. And then as you walk up to the front door, somebody gets thrown out the front window on fire. And you're like, I'm at the wrong party. And you just turn around and head for your car. <laughs> That's what it's like. And it's, uh. Yeah, it's weird. I also don't like Discord communities cuz they're based on live chat. And that's and I rough. like Yeah, yeah I true. like to I like to like when I write a message on a forum, it's usually several paragraphs. Even mm-hmm. if I'm reviewing something on Steam, I don't want a one sentence that if I'm going to write something, I'm going to proof it and make it worth reading and say something and make sure it's all coherent and you don't get that in a discord community
0: i used to put more effort than i do into a forum post and stuff but even then i appreciate the asynchronous communication Yes, because like if if you miss a conversation in a chat and you read back on it and then you try and jump back in that conversation is dead Right, barely ever comes back, but on the forum, because everyone's coming to it at their own time, it's like, okay, everyone's going to... But, like, that seems to be dying, and I don't know why. I don't know what killed it. I don't know what killed forums. Um, Maybe it's because of Reddit. Like, everyone's on Reddit instead, even though Reddit's got this similar, like... Firstly, because there's so many people on Reddit, so you find this... The subreddit is either dead and there's like nobody commenting on it or the subreddit is huge and there's way too many comments on it and you still get into that like you'll be like halfway through a post about super mario brothers and then you have someone talking about like i don't know like uh the the, the downfalls of post-capitalist society and it's right. like <laughs> right how did we I, get i just here? want to talk about how captain toad is cool like come on <laughs> right it's like there are. It's like there are thirteen year olds on here, man. Like they don't know about this stuff, but that that's where and that's another problem too. Is like so much of these internet, like with a forum, you it feels like you're able to find that stuff out easier. Like okay, this is like you know, sixteen year old Jackie boy or girl uh, that's you know still in high school and is hanging around with the adults and is talking about all this stuff and it's like oh you know we can at least you know now we know what you know stage of development they're at so we don't you know speak to them like we would other adults that might be saying the same things no on the internet you assume everyone's on your same development level like you assume everyone's on because who's paying attention to how old people are Even if it's right in their Twitter profile. I don't know. Right, right. Maybe I'm just ranting now. But it's like you you have all of these objections to like, oh, you know, you bah, and I don't know. Like it's so much rage, so much stuff in the middle of a conversation. Forums just felt so specified, so nice. And I do – it's funny because I do actually have my own Discord that I opened up after I uh, destroyed my – I got rid of my Twitter. But it's basically just me and my personal friends just – chilling and talking once right. in a while it's 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 and i've opened it up for like whoever follows my content to go in but eh, and it's fu- i'm fine with it actually like, that actually kind of scares me i like having this little private space where it's like you know oh here, here's my friends we could just talk about stuff but i feel like i i should keep it open to other people be like okay so if you want to join but at the same time there's that element where it's like yeah, but this is, this is my space with my friends and nobody can invade. It's like, it's, it's, it's like your little tree house.
1: So. Right. Somebody makes an off color joke and that gets screenshotted, posted to Twitter. And then suddenly uh. you get a flood of people that, and you're like, wait, I didn't, I didn't type that message. Well, it's in your community and you didn't know about it and you didn't delete it in time. And now you're a horrible person. Why do you have these friends?
0: I do find it funny that you, you you miss forums and yet you've never been like because like forum moderation and other stuff has always been an, uh I don't I don't want to say problem or issue but it's like when you had a forum it was very quiet for the most part because people just commented on your posts right and it's funny because I know from my perspective it's like the the, the posts I end up hitting like they get so big I end up hitting Control F and looking for my name like I right. Just, Right. It's like, did anybody reply to me? And usually I'm too late by time like, because I'll, I'll be like reply number 113 uh, right. some of the times. So it's it's, it's really interesting. It, it It is, however, a community that's still work Like you have those comments. You have those people there engaging with you. And I think that is still – that's like my small little discord. It's like this is my club. This is my treehouse. This is like me – and these folks, and we're fortunate enough to not have that much of the 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 garbage of the social media and everything else going on. Because even when like I've seen conversations get uncivil in your comments, they're still comparatively civil, so, right?
1: Compared to like Twitter or something else insane or Facebook.
0: Yeah. So, um, to that end, I think we've exhausted this topic. But oh, oh, there's one last point oh, that you, this is actually a point you made that I
1: think is worth repeating. You talked about the Twitter drama. Oh, and, that's right! I completely right, you, forgot about this. Yes, yeah, this this effect of this normal, in, highly intelligent creator who I you know when they write an article or a white paper or something I'm into, I read it and I'm like, wow. This person is really smart, and I admire them. And then I go on Twitter, and they're in some petty, stupid... You know, they're being sort of dismissive to some no-name... What what do you call an anonymous account? I forget what the default icon is. Oh, it's an egg. Egg. An egg. They're arguing with some egg about some dumb bullshit that is like... So far removed from importance and making fools of themselves. And I'm terrified of doing that. I'm terrified of like putting out, you know, you get angry. You have an emotional reaction and you type something stupid or dismissive that will just get screenshotted and make people angry for years. I mean... And so it's another reason I stay off Twitter is to avoid making mistakes that will haunt me forever.
0: Oh, I've made, I've always been a loud mouth covering up their insecurities with their conceit. So I've got stuff in my past that I'm like, oh gosh, if anyone ever digs that up, that's why I'm actually kind of glad I never got big enough on YouTube or writing or anything. Cause if I did, then there'd be so much crap people could dig up about me that I don't believe in anymore that I'd look back on and I'd be like, yes, I was a dumb 22 year old what are you gonna do about like i'm I'm 35 now i got white in my beard that that dumb kid's long dead like right like but that's where it also it's funny because you have people making these decisions as adults now in their 30s and 40s and they're making they're they're behaving in this way and it's like and i and i wonder if it is because like a friend of mine observed like you don't see David Lynch and Martin Scorsese getting into these kind of spats on Twitter, right? Right, right. Um, so is is it like just is the games industry just filled with immature people? Because we we see game directors and and games journalists and other members of the games media get into these these kinds of spats, and it's it it's so weird because you look at it and it's like these are the same people trying to argue that games are art and yet they're sitting here and and they need that validation too. They need that validation that games are art. And yet you sit here watching the way that they argue with each other. And it's like, it really does like everything about it feels so childish. And it's like, can we just not can, can like right. whatever happened to professionalism? Yeah. I th- yeah. I, th- I think there's an irony there too, because, um, there's uh, the the popular idea of the death of the author. Like you usually have people I don't know if I do want to name any specific authors. Like I have one on my mind that a lot of people are like don't support that author of right. that popular sci-fi franchise because he believes this stuff.
1: Right. I've and, I've seen that about many about about many people.
0: But then it's like you, you the personality you are putting out there you are forcing people to do their best to divorce the creator from the creation be it an article be it a video game it's like you're 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 giving people reasons to to have that whole death of the author thing Um, which is funny because it's like I'm, I'm in the middle of all that like I believe in all forms of criticism including like reader response death of the author stuff but it's like I don't it it's like now now it feels petty now you're making it feel petty kind of a thing and can we not can we just not can we right. actually be can we remember what it means to be per, like because and I, I was talking to a friend about this too cuz we were talking about like job interviews and stuff like that and it's like when i when i turned 30 i got angry at the world because when when i was a kid you know when everyone's a kid you look up to your parents you look up to all adults and there's this idea that all adults Just know things and they're all experts in things and they're wise and they're this and that. And as you get older, you start to become more and more disenfranchised. But when I turned 30, and it's like, all right, I'm out of my 20s, it's official, I am an adult, there is no going back. I turned 30 and I looked at all the adults that were older than me in my life and I was like, I am angry. I'm angry because everything I knew about, be it adulthood or professionalism, was a complete lie. Everyone's just <laughs> saying stuff. Everyone's just go like everyone's still a kid at heart. Just the worst yeah. parts of being a kid at heart. It's like everyone's just figuring it out as they go along. But it's like realizing that what is what is being a professional? Professional isn't an expertise, it's a mindset and a way you carry yourself. And I think that's the biggest problem with Twitter is everyone. Maybe it's because we are a younger generation that grew up with uh, computers and internet and therefore internet communication. So you're used to being more open with it. Um, like be it a Gen Xer, millennial, whatever you want to call it. Like you, you grew up with this and therefore you're more open on it and you, you don't um, guard yourself, filter yourself. But it's like if you are in any kind of a position of, prof- of like... Like you're a journalist, you're a game creator, you're a programmer, you're a director, then you need to, you're a president of the United States, you need to come at this stuff with a, and maybe that was too political, I don't know, but you need to come at this stuff with a approach of professionalism, which means you guard how you come off you you filter yourself you make sure people are only seeing you put your best foot forward and it feels like that in the games industry in particular is just this idea that people don't have
1: right right it's got that it's got that laid-back culture and so nobody feels Uh, nobody feels shy about dropping F-bombs around the office kind of attitude. where Okay, I mean, that's fine, but you take that sort of casualness onto Twitter where the public can hear you and all of the little dumb crap that you would say to your two friends is now broadcasted to the world and it makes you seem small-minded and petty and mean.
0: You know what? I'm actually going to bring this back to Microsoft in a sense. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And to a specific video game. I don't remember who the name of the guy was. Um, But he used to work for Microsoft. And this was the early days of Xbox One. And when they were talking about the always-on internet, and people were, and they were saying, you know, like, well, not everyone has a good internet connection. They live in places that are still dial-up. And he said something offhand that yeah. was just like, well, then they could just move some somewhere better. Like, why would you right. live somewhere like that anyway? And <laughs> right. he that he just I remember does this. not he does not pay attention to his phone for like the next day. Morning comes, he checks it. His Twitter's blowing up. He's got phone calls. Dude gets fired from Microsoft. He goes on to make a video game called Adrift. Did, have you heard of this game? No. It was a bit of a big uh, VR game. It's I played it, and I don't know if I would play it again. Because there are elements of it that are very annoying. But I think the whole... Like it's, better, it's greater than the sum of its parts kind of a deal. But it's a game about an astronaut... That, you know, you wake up and you have to figure out what went wrong with the space station you're on. And as it's slight spoiler, as you go through, you find out that basically you made a bad decision and it caused this entire space station and the people in it to blow up. Oh. And now you've got to get back to Earth. And this guy that got fired from Microsoft, that experience led to this game. And I'll always remember that game because I know... And again, you know, this is where, you know, I I would... I don't believe in Death of the Author. Like, there are some cases, yeah, Death of the Author, blah, blah, blah. You know, reader response, you get your own meaning. But for this, for Adrift, the game has more meaning to me because of the author's input, because of the director's input, the creator. So, it's got some, as I've said, it's got some annoying elements, um, because you got to keep getting oxygen tanks, you got to keep doing this and that and the other thing. But at the same time, there's this just the, the, a lot of the puzzles are still good a lot of the exploration still. It's, it's 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 a really good it is a good game and it's one that i don't think got a lot of attention and maybe because of who created it i don't know or maybe it's just because right. it doesn't have guns or anything and it was a little uh, it, it's not quite walking simulator so it doesn't it's an indie game but it doesn't latch on to any of the popular genres but I feel like that is a good example, and it's a, it, it ties in both to you know the the Twitter element too, because this guy said something, and then because social media exploded and it became this big huge thing, Microsoft decided you know we got to let this guy go. Um, he he screwed up and made, gave us really bad press, therefore, and that became a game, and I think that is a good note to to end on because. It's not a very long game. It's only like a few hours, or maybe four to five, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't, I, I don't remember it taking too long, but it was a good game that I would recommend to people to give a try and look up that, um, look up the backstory of, uh, of. And again, it's called Adrift. It might be with a number one instead of an I. I don't remember, but. I, I, look it up give it a try i think it's a good game that is an example of like how you can take something negative like that too some kind of like a big social media disaster and then put it to some good use so cool very cool and um yeah with that so why don't you pimp, pimp, uh, pimp out your uh, blog your youtube uh all that stuff
1: Oh yeah, my, my my blog. It's just the blog. Just 20 sided. <laughs> just just go there and just keep clicking on articles and reading all the things and going to YouTube and leave comments <laughs> telling me how wonderful I am and everything I say is brilliant because that's basically <laughs> keeping me alive at this point.
0: Thank you. But most of all, tell him how much he needs to play Dark Souls. He just needs to play it, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry 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 um and i know your feel because i finally got into bloodborne but when i went back to dark souls 1 and then tried dark souls 3 i'm like yeah i like bloodborne but not these other ones so um interesting but the um yeah that's uh, I'll, I'll put it into my um my the the the, the comment well, the, the show notes i guess you could call it but it's like what is it 20 sided Dot com slash it's
1: SeamusYoung.com.
0: it is SeamusYoung.com slash 20 sided okay
1: yeah but Sheamus if you Young. go to shamusyoung.com, you can find a link to the blog at the top that's the easiest to remember
0: all right and to, to, to specify which version of Seamus it is S-H-A-M-U-S
1: correct all right
0: and for me of course ramblepack64.com no C in ramble pack um it's a play on rumble pack And uh, yeah, you'll find links to more of this podcast or you'll find links to uh, my YouTube. So and I do have a write up on Persona 5 Royal discussing a lot of how it is a reflection of current uh, Japanese anxiety over their economic, honestly, over like three decades of their economy being uh, not quite recovered, uh, one could say. So it's a really interesting, I'm hoping it's a really interesting read. It was really interesting to write, and I'd love to write more about Persona 5, but it's it's a dense game. Alright, thank you everyone for joining, and I hope you all have a good night. See ya!